The Air Attack with BC the Man can be heard on Apple Podcasts, on Spotify, and the Anchor app. Subscribe and share today. Okay, we are back here on the Air Attack. Follow the show on Twitter at Air Attack Radio. Follow me on Twitter at BC, a.k.a. The Man. I, of course, am your pal, BC. And uh, let's get right to it. We know we have two huge stories this week. One is the Super League, which was gone before we even knew it. Not officially, but let's face it, it's done. The other, of course, is the George Floyd trial, the trial of Derek Chauvin, which ends in three guilty verdicts. Um, Everyone seems to be a legal expert these days. You know, everybody wants to be like Jack Ford in the 90s, covering the OJ trial, just how it is right now. I thought 10 hours was pretty quick to come back with three guilty verdicts. And when I found out that the jury had not been sequestered for this trial, I was I was shocked. I mean, I shouldn't be. Nothing should shock me these days because there's a lot of things that go on where you're like, how is this allowed? But how in a trial like this is the jury not sequestered? And then when they were sequestered for deliberations, they're allowed to bring their cell phones. Well, then you might as well let them go home. I mean, honestly, if you're going to give them their cell phones, you might as well let them go the hell home. Sequestering to me is... Here's your room. Put them, in a, put them in a nice place. Put them in the Four Seasons for all I care. I don't care. Give them whatever they want to eat, whatever they want to drink. They can even get high at night. I don't care. Give them all the weed and blow. Give them whatever they want. But you're sequestered. You're isolated from society. You understand you're taken in a protective manner to an undisclosed location, and that's where you are. The TVs don't have TV. They have streaming services. Give them Netflix, Hulu, all the cra- Apple Plus, even Paramount Plus, whatever garbage they're trying to push down your throats and use soccer to do it. Let them have it. But you're not really sequestered when you have access to your cell phones. I thought that was insane. I mean, absolutely insane. Even the judge said that what Maxine Waters did, screaming and yelling about unrest in the streets. And by the way, these people are so knowledgeable about this case. Maxine Waters is out there screaming about first-degree murder. Derek Chauvin wasn't charged with first-degree murder. That's how much she knows about this. Nancy Pelosi got on TV, because of course she did, and talked about Derek or George Floyd excuse me, screaming for his mommy was a screaming for his mom. When he said mama, that was a nickname for his girlfriend. These people know nothing about this case. All they know about is the politics, and it's absolutely ridiculous. The reality of the situation was that both men could have behaved differently that day. That's just whatever side of this you find yourselves on, sometimes you don't need a side. Sometimes you just need common sense. George Floyd could have done a, a thousand things differently that day, from a fake 20 to having that jerk off in the front seat with him who gave him pills that were supposed to be Percocets. That's something that got brushed over. Those were supposed to be Percocets that he took. Turns out they had meth and fentanyl, which combined can be absolutely a lethal combination. I find it preposterous, absolutely laughable that not one of those 12 jurors brought that up in deliberations, that they don't have experience with that kind of stuff themselves. They don't have a kid who's got experience with that, a family member, nobody. I find that to be absolutely ridiculous. I mean, to the point where I'm just I'm basically coming out and saying I don't believe that to be the case. So 10 hours to deliberate when you got the president of the United States saying he knows how you should act. And Maxine Waters is out there talking about unrest in the streets. You got Al Sharpton and Ben Crump on the front steps there. That doesn't seem very fair to me. Now, again, the cop could have acted a lot differently that day, too. I mean, he was on top of the guy for eight or nine minutes. I'm not going to say he had his knee to his neck the entire time because that's a lie. He didn't. But his knee was on his neck for, for part of that time. And the guy did say, I can't breathe. He also said, I can't breathe when they put the cuffs on him the first time when he was standing on his feet. Okay, the guy was all over the place. Both men could have behaved differently that day. And if you can't see that, that's on you. That's just all there is to it. 
So, like I said, I'm not an expert on that kind of stuff. I mean, not even not even close to an expert on this kind of stuff. But there's a lot of politics involved. There's a lot of money involved in all this stuff. You have a lot of money that's been extracted from people and businesses because of this case. You had a lot of info and footage that was deliberately hidden from the public, like scrubbed from Google, which showed different camera angles of what went down that day. That's worth noting. And obviously, you had riots that killed more people than Derek Chauvin ever could have. Okay, so... Cops have already killed about 80 people in this country this year. The only ones you can name are where it's white cop, black victim. That's just the reality. And some of you fall for this game every time, and that, that's the idea. But if you can't address that within yourself, you've got an issue. I don't have the issue for pointing it out to you. You got the issue. You want to tell me who Jaislyn Adams, Adams is? You can't tell me who she is. That's the seven-year-old girl that was killed in a McDonald's parking lot over the weekend in Chicago. The killer is still on the loose. There's no, there's no massive manhunt call coming from Democrats or, or activists or anybody, not, not Ben Crump, not Al Sharpton, anybody, because it wasn't a cop and it wasn't a white cop. That's just reality. Chicago has turned into an, an absolute war zone. You had a case with this kid, Adam Toledo, who was shot by a cop. They show a freeze frame of him with his hands up. What they don't tell you is that a split second before that, he dropped a huge gun, a gun that he had already fired at, at cars that were passing by. That's what the kid's doing. I know he's 13 years old. I get it. It sucks that he got killed. I'm sure the cop that shot him wishes he hadn't killed him. But they're trying to ruin that cop's life, too. You know why? Because it fits in. White cop, non-white kid, boom. Let's call him a baby. Let's show a couple pictures of him looking like a child. They did the same thing with Trayvon Martin years ago, and it hasn't stopped. How many times did you see a picture of Trayvon Martin in that Hollister t-shirt? Okay? Probably five years before he was killed by George Zimmerman. And, and another case of where two guys could have behaved differently. Trayvon Martin could have said, hey, listen, this guy's chasing. Let me, just, let me just ignore him and go. Instead, he confronted George Zimmerman, was beating his ass. George Zimmerman says, I don't like getting my ass kicked. I've got a gun. Boom. End of story. And that, that's obviously a very controversial case. People don't like the verdict. Some people do. Some people don't. Whatever it is. Once again, two guys could have behaved differently. That's just, that's just what it is. You want to make Adam Toledo into some kind of martyr. The kid's nickname was Little Homicide. He had just joined the Latin Kings, according to the lawyer for the cop. Okay, in New York City, it's the same thing. There are kids getting killed every single day. You had a case with Dante Wright, also in Minnesota last week. Aaron Hicks refuses to play for the Yankees that day because he just can't even. Are you fucking kidding me? I posted a list just from the last month of four different kids killed in the Bronx and in Harlem that Aaron Hicks apparently doesn't give two shits about. You think he's going to put up a reward for, the, for finding the killers of Jaislyn Adams in Chicago? No, because it's a political stunt. It's theatrics. It's another Nike athlete trying to go down the Kaepernick road. Aaron Hicks at the time when he sat out had 200 at-bats between 2020 and 2021. He was batting 210 with 49 strikeouts. 49. That's a lot for 200 at-bats. Maybe he should worry about doing his job the right way. No, he don't care about that. He cares about political drivel. Cares about drawing attention to himself. He's part of the Players Alliance, okay, which was behind the push to move the Major League All-Star game, which you also found out was a joke because Georgia's voting laws really aren't restrictive. All you got to do is have an ID and show up to vote. They're not starving you. They're not depriving you of water. You just can't do it if you work for a campaign. All of that was a joke. But that's what Aaron Hicks wanted to do, jump on that bandwagon, make a fool of himself. And what, for all of these activists out there who are out there praising the rioters and protesters and everything else, just ask yourself a question. Would you tell your kid to behave the way the person that you're mourning behaved? Would you tell your kid to behave like George Floyd? Would you tell your kid, if you're pro-cop, would you tell your kid to behave like Derek Chauvin? Or would you tell him to have more of a heart? So if you can't be honest with yourself about these things, I don't want to hear your opinion. And that goes for 90% of you at least, at the very, very least. You don't see the bronze kid out there at riots. 
We've got the guys from Good Morning Football. Nate Burleson wanted to thank the protesters. Really, you want to thank the, the, the two dozen or so people that got killed in those protests? You want to thank them too, Nate? Would you have your kid out there in that mayhem, in that mess? Are you guys out there? I tell, tell you what, you and the other two guys, Kyle Brandt and Pete Schrager, who are nodding their head, wide-eyed, nodding their heads like they're terrified of saying the wrong thing here. Just let me know the next time the protest is invited to your street, your neighborhood. You might feel a little differently then. So spare me the theatrics, all of you. The, you know, the one-sided mindsets, the way, you know, blue lives matter and the cops are never wrong. That's not, that's not true at all. That's not even close to being true. But the idea that every time a, co a cop shoots somebody, we're going to check on the races and go crazy is a joke. And this situation was a joke. Now, George Floyd put himself in the situation. Bottom line, Derek Chauvin could have been a better cop. That's also true. And is that murder? Which, which, which is it? Oh, well, you know, you saw the video. Don't talk to me about a cell phone video when the cell phone video is the only thing they wanted to show you. There were surveillance cameras, there were body cams, and those things were kept under wraps for a very, very long time so that the public would be turned against this cop. And if you had such a strong case and this was, su this was such a case where the cop was definitely wrong, you wouldn't have needed activists screaming on the steps. Reporters were actually threatening to out the jurors. The jurors, eventually, you, you find out who they are, but they were threatening to out them basically immediately after the trial. It's not right. Uh, whatever, whatever your politics are, whatever your, your thoughts about this case, it's not right. So this entire trial was very weird. Even the judge himself said that what Maxine Waters did could be grounds for throwing the whole thing out on appeal. Good luck with that in that, that particular state. But, hey, listen, it is what it is. You know, when, you, when you're in these situations, bottom line is that you always have a choice to do something a little bit different. And there's another case, I guess, in Columbus where a girl had a knife, got shot by a cop, and here's Ben Crump again, 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 tweeting out the lie that she was unarmed. She wasn't unarmed. She had a, she had a small dagger in her hand. It looked like a, like, a, like a miniature sword, okay? And her arm was back, extended, and about to launch into another girl. The cop hadn't shot her. What happens there? The cops, what is the cop supposed to do? Just stand there while she's stabbing someone else to death? Just sitting there carving up another girl? Okay, go ahead, ladies. This is really between you. It's not a hockey fight where you let them have it out when one person has a knife, and, and then, then you break it up, okay? The cop gets up. That's his training. He shot her. It's unfortunate. It really is. But again, the girl had, I'm sure the girl had a lot of choices. And you want to say, well, she's only 15? Once, w once in a while, or really eventually, you have to bring parenting into this, too. And the parents have to be on the hook. And that girl from Ohio, I don't have her name in front of me right now, but her mother is on TV basically an hour after she gets shot talking about what a great kid. Wait a second. The girl wasn't even living with you, and you live in the area? What the fuck is that about? I understand shit happens, you know, different family situations. Okay, fine, I, I get it. But at, at a certain point in time, this little fantasy world where the cops are out there hunting black people who are unarmed, Really, it just, I mean, if, you, if you're going to keep pushing that, you're just going to lose people. You've seen ratings plummet in the NBA. You've seen the NFL ratings go down because of Kaepernick and his antics. This is basically one giant lie. Yeah, white people get killed, black people get killed. Yeah, more white people get killed than black people, but it's still disproportionate you know, with regards to the population and everything else. You really want to talk about why that is? Because black people are more likely to live in an urban environment where there's a lot of people, not to mention a lot more cell phones in the area. White people don't interact with the cops as much. I could give you crime stats that would go ahead and explain a lot of that. I don't care to do that because it's all politically driven bullshit that plays off of your insecurities and perhaps your own prejudice and your own bias. And if you only find yourself on the side of the cops every single time or you only find yourself against the cops every single time, then you know what? There's no talking to you because you're not really having a conversation. You're just trying to be a mini activist yourself, which is, which is a nice way of saying you're full of shit. And that's just how it is. So I'm sure Derek Chauvin will appeal. 
Who knows what's going to happen? Good luck with all that. Bottom line is you don't want to be in these situations, people. And that, and that's if you're really trying to help people, that's what you tell them. Whatever side of this you fall on, whatever whatever person you're talking to, you want to keep people out of these situations. And this is this is 100% politics. And we've gotten to the point where we're actually encouraging and praising rioters. You can call them protesters all you want. They hijacked a fucking 18-wheeler right in downtown Minneapolis yesterday. Right on video, the whole nine yards. Now, is LeBron James suggesting that his kid should be acting like that? Does Nate Burleson want his kid jumping up and down on the hood of an 18-wheeler, banging on the windows, demanding that the guy unhitch the trailer? Are you, are you telling me that's what you're encouraging? Because if you wouldn't want your kids doing it, why are you praising other people for doing it? Couldn't be that you're just a giant coward, could it? And that, and the other thing from yesterday, these cookie-cutter, basically cloned statements. Okay, of course Obama's going to do it because these are his politics. Biden does it. VP Harris does it. Okay, Cam Harris, had, all of them have prepared statements, Pelosi and everyone. But then you got to get it from the NHL, the NBA, Major League Baseball, the NFL. I had to unfollow teams yesterday because I was so sick of reading the same nonsense. Well, it's a step in the right direction, but there's still much work left to be done. And we're in this fight and we're committed to our community. Shut up. Shut up. You didn't write these statements. What, you all came up with the same? This is, this is interesting. All of you teams came up with the exact same thing to say. It's almost like if I didn't know better, the quote-unquote activists wrote these statements for you. That's just how it is these days. That's just how it goes. And after a while, the repetitiveness of it all just makes you sick. You're like, enough already. I had to unfollow the NFL yesterday. My God. The Raiders went a different direction <laughs> with their tweet. Mark Davis said it was him. I don't think anybody believes that. I don't think anyone believes that Mark Davis knows how to use Twitter. Mark Davis is just one of those kids that grew up so rich that if you told him a hamburger at McDonald's cost $28, he'd probably believe it. I don't think he knows how to use Twitter. But the Raiders put up a tweet that said, I can breathe, and put the date on there. Just ridiculous and inappropriate. The bottom line is, I'll give you an example. Candace Owens and Cardi B were having a Twitter war about a month ago. And Candace Owens basically leveled Cardi B by saying the bottom line is that there's not one honest man out there who would ever say they would want a daughter to turn out like you. And that pretty much that pretty much obliterated Cardi B in this whole thing. And apparently one of them suing the other one. I don't know what's going on. They're both, listen, they both got plenty of money. They'll both be fine. I'm sure Cardi's got more than, than Candace. But the bottom line is when she said that, that was it. There's not one man out there who would honestly want to have a daughter like you. Can you honestly say... You'd want your kid to end up behaving like George Floyd, like Dante Wright, like Adam Toledo. Is that honestly how you think how you think young men or, or grown men should behave? So the bottom line is there's two sides to all these stories. And often, it, and, and really pretty much the majority, the vast majority of these cases, both people involved could have done something different. If you want to act like it's all the cops' fault, you go ahead and do that. But a lot of things had to happen for all of these very politicized cases to get to the point they were. You know, Dante Wright was wanted for, for sticking up a girl at gunpoint with his hand around her throat, demanding her rent money. He was also run, wanted for another gun charge. There's, these are loaded guns he's running around with. What do you think he intends to do with them? He could have just taken, taken the collar. He could have just stood there and gotten cuffed. If you're going to run from the cops, just run to begin with. Don't pull over, get out of the car, and try to get back in your car with other cops hanging half in, half out. Now, should the, should the girl who shot him have known the difference between a gun and a taser? Of course she should. Of course she should have known that, but that kid put her in that situation. Should Adam Toledo have been running around at 2.30 in the morning shooting at, at cars that are driving by? 
What happens when he hits somebody? Does anybody want to even acknowledge that? What do you think? And when the cop chases Adam Toledo for a few blocks around Chicago before catching up to him, why doesn't Adam Toledo ditch the gun, the loaded gun that he had just fired? Why not? Why doesn't he get rid of the gun? Because he still intends on using it. That's why. Or maybe he intends on getting away with it. And yeah, he dropped it. Yeah. Did he drop the gun at the last minute? Yeah. The cop had like like a half a second to react and unfortunately shot the kid in the chest. I wish that I wish these cases never happened. I'm not trying to vilify the kids. I'm not trying to vilify George Floyd. But if you can't be honest about the fact that there are people that put themselves in these terrible situations and put cops in these terrible situations, or that you or you can't acknowledge that there are just cops out there that shouldn't be cops, well again, there's no talking to you. And that's just that's just reality. And the fact that it seeped into every part of you know, American culture with sports and Hollywood and everything, it gets old because you know how much politics is behind it and you know it's all about shaking people down for money. You, can, you don't have to admit it for it to be true. You know it's true. That, that, that's, just, that's, just, that's just common sense at this point. Uh, the Super League, basically reminding you in a year where we're supposed to have an Olympics in a little less than 100 days, that soccer is still dirty and corrupt. Now, I have been very outspoken about the Champions League burying their product on CBS's app, which has now been rebranded as Paramount+. Plus. It's been rebranded as Paramount+, Plus because CBS All Access wasn't getting it done. So now they're going to rebrand it as Paramount+, Plus, and they're going to try to use the Champions League soccer to try to sell more subscriptions to these apps. Every company now wants you buying their app. ESPN wants you buying ESPN+, Plus, or they also want you on Disney+. Plus. Apple has an app. Now, Apple, you know, Apple really hasn't been known for original content until the last maybe three or four years. They want you buying their app. NBC now has the Peacock app. They're using English Premier League Soccer to sell that. And I've been very outspoken about this. It's not fair. If you want to talk about politics, how about this? How many times have we heard over the last year that the pandemic affects different people differently, like different races differently? Because, you know, you know, communities of color and underserved communities or underprivileged communities, I can't keep up with the terminology. You'll have to forgive me. There's a new, there's a new cool term for, for basically the ghetto every other week. So underserved communities don't have internet access or they don't have cable or whatever, whatever it is. Well, wait a second. If that's the case, how does the English Premier League justify burying their product on Peacock? Because what does that say about poor kids? And I'm not, being, I'm not trying to play devil's advocate here. I'm not being sarcastic. I actually mean this. When you bury your product on an app that costs 5 $6 a month, a lot of families aren't going to pay that. And if you're a kid, you don't make those decisions in the family. If you're 9, 10, 11 years old, you're not making that decision. You just want to watch soccer. And now you can't watch soccer. It sucks. And now you, feel, now you feel like somehow you're less than the other kids around you, the kids that live up the street in the nice houses. And, it, and it's fucked up, and it's wrong. And the Champions League had done the same exact thing with their product. And as it got deeper and deeper, once in a while it would be on CBS or CBS Sports Network, which, which again is still a premium channel that you got to have an upgraded cable package just to have. No, that's not good enough. They want you also on their app. CBS wants you to pay more money per month for their, for their Paramount Plus app. You can watch that and I guess reruns of Yellowstone if you're too dumb to DVR it. Jeez. If you want, let me give you a hot tip, guys. If you love a series that much, like The Office, where you know, Peacock is trying to sell The Office to you, just DVR the fucking thing. Just DVR the series. It's on Comedy Central like all the time. You can DVR South Park, uh, The Office, whatever. As long as there are DVRs, you don't need a lot of these streaming services to watch old episodes. I'm sorry. Whatever your schedule is, whatever hours you work, you can work whatever hours you want. Work construction, you could be a, an ER nurse, whatever crazy, crazy hours you work. If you have a DVR, you don't need a streaming service to watch what you want when you want. Simple as that. My God. But the bottom line is, getting back to these soccer leagues, the greed involved here has been off the charts. 
And so what happens? The top leagues from the EPL, the top six teams there, or I guess the six most valuable teams, decide they're going to form a Super League with Real Madrid, Barcelona, Atletico Madrid, and three of the top teams from Italy, Juventus, AC Milan, and Inter Milan. And I guess they try to talk about, you know, maybe, maybe talk to the, to the Bundesliga teams, maybe Paris Saint-Germain, maybe try to lure some of them in there and create their own weekday league. They call them weekday leagues because the actual, you know, the traditional leagues, the EPL, French League One, Italian Serie A, Bundesliga, La Liga, they tend to play on Saturdays and Sundays. Now with TV, you've seen, you know, some Friday games, some Monday games. The Bundesliga got away from Monday games because the fans went crazy. They said, wait a second here. Monday games are games we can't go to because we're working people. So you're basically discriminating. They threw a fit, and the Bundesliga stopped with Monday games. And the Bundesliga was the first league to basically say, or I guess their teams at least, Bayern Munich and them said, hey, listen, we're not joining this thing. We're not, we want no part of it. The English fans threw a fit. Politicians in the UK got together. Including, I think Boris Johnson even commented, said he would try to block this whole thing. Next thing you know, Chelsea's out. Manchester City's out. Manchester United's out. And the thing all falls apart. They're not going to have it. Now, they're not, without the English teams, there's no point in having it. You basically only have six teams left over, and the whole thing's a joke. It's basically, I, I saw this comparison. I can't take credit for this. This is like the fire Festival of soccer. But, the, but UEFA and FIFA are throwing a fit here saying, wait a second, you're degrading our product. So if you go and play in this, in this thing, in this Super League, even as a player, not talking about the teams, they're going to block teams from the Champions League if they played in the Super League. But then they were going to go a step further and block players who took part just by being on these teams, players who took part in these competitions were not going to be blocked from events like the World Cup, which is completely and utterly preposterous for FIFA to be taking the stance that they're on some sort of moral high ground here. The last World Cup was held in Russia. The next World Cup is being held in Qatar. Do I really have to go into what happens in both of those fucking countries that should disqualify them basically for an entire century of hosting any major sporting event? Do I really have to talk about what goes on in Russia? Is that really necessary in terms of civil rights, in terms of human rights? Do I have to talk about the way that, I don't know, let's say women are treated in Qatar? That's kind of half of your population right there. How about the way they treat gays? Remember, 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 it's not me telling you that you have to be woke as a sports organization. You're coming at me with that stuff. The EPL has this huge celebration of, I mean, they, the guys were wearing rainbows for like a month. Not too long ago. Weeks and weeks of everybody wearing rainbows, even on the telecast. Celebrating diversity, celebrating, celebrating the LGBTQ, all the letters, all of them. Celebrating that whole, celebrating that whole community. How do you think black people get treated in Qatar? All seven of them. I mean, it's a joke. It's a fucking joke. This has been a dirty, corrupt cesspool of a sport for, for decades and decades and decades. Now, some of these teams decide, hey, listen, we want to be dirtier than you and make a bunch of money. And now you, UEFA and FIFA are all crying a river. The bottom line, though, is who gets hurt in the end? The fans. The fans get hurt. And I, and I dare say, I made a joke on Twitter. And again, follow me on Twitter at BCAK the man. I made a joke saying the only thing left now is for the Super League to say, hey, listen, uh, our games are going to be exclusively streamed on Amazon, and you have to spend 300 bucks a month at Whole Foods to get them. And it turns out Amazon was one of the, one of the entities they were considering to give in, in, in terms of giving the exclusive rights to the streaming for the Super League. It was just absolutely just, just a terrible idea to begin with. You're talking about something that was announced basically on Sunday and was done by Tuesday. That's how quickly it was here and gone. It was just a wi just wild that they could have this kind of, of idea and basically put on this stunt, this bully move, and then just cower and retreat and basically no time flat. There are guys that have stepped down from the boards of some of these teams. I think the guy running Juventus stepped down. 
One of the one of the vice presidents at Manchester United stepped down. And there's going to be more to follow. The fans are absolutely just livid with this. The justification for doing all this, I think, came from the guy from, I think he's from Real Madrid. He said, look, interest is down. The rights packages are down. Of course, interest is down because you idiots have continued to move your product about the, not just the TV dial, but now onto the internet and to these streaming services. And anytime you change it up, it makes it tougher for people to find. If it's tougher for people to find, less of them will watch, especially your casual fan. But it gets worse. When you make it tougher for people to find, how much tougher do you think it is for a child? I mean, you they have no appreciation for how important it is to get a four or five-year-old in front of a television set. And for all of your Black Lives Matter, uh, no room for racism, we love the gay community bullshit that I've got to have shoved down my throat every time I watch a soccer telecast, show me you care about people. What does Black Lives Matter actually mean to you? You know what it is? It's a political slogan. It means nothing to you. Because if you actually cared about those people, or people in general, peep just people, if you just cared about people, you wouldn't restrict their access to your sport, especially from a financial level. You just wouldn't do it. Never, you know what, take the races out of it. Just people in general. You would never do it. But what's happened is when you take kids out of the mix, well, now you're selling less merchandise because who wants merchandise more than kids? I mean, a grown man, yeah, he might wear a messy jersey to work, but probably not. But a 12-year-old, he'll definitely wear a messy jersey to school. He'll definitely want a, want a Manchester United hat. He'll definitely want a Man City jersey or an autographed ball or whatever it is. But if you're taking the interest level away from these kids by restricting their access to the product, they turn from, from 6 years old to maybe 12 years old. Now they're not watching it. Now they're, maybe they're into skateboarding. Maybe they're into a different sport. Maybe they get into the NBA because they can actually get access to those sports. And now it's coming back to bite these people, and they're acting like they just have no idea why interest is down. You know, they, they blame you know, the millennials and say they have no attention span. Or whatever. The games take too long. A soccer game takes like two hours, dude. I mean, it's two 45-minute halves. You got a halftime. Maybe it goes to extra time here and there. It's like a two-hour thing. It's not a big deal. It's roughly the length of a movie. So don't tell me. So are, are people still watching movies? Yes, they are. So if they're still watching movies, don't tell me they can't be watching soccer. You have done this to yourselves. This is the most popular sport in the entire world. You guys run the leagues with the best players and the most money in the entire world. If interest is waning, take a look in the mirror. Bottom line. Now I got to create a super league and try to hoard all the money. Psychopaths. I'm, I'm, I'm very proud of the fans in England and in Germany and a lot of, really, really all, all the countries, really all five countries involved here for standing up and having their say. And, and you know what? Kind of refreshing to see a protest that isn't just political bullshit. This was real. This was the actual people getting together and saying, hey, we got to do something and do something they did. Quickly to the latest drama with The Bachelor where Colton Underwood has now come out as gay, which is interesting because just a couple of years ago, he had 25 women tripping all over themselves, uh, trying to fall in love with him and get him to uh, to marry them. So a little unfair to them. Um, I'm not sure when this epiphany took place with Colton, but there's now talk of possibly having a gay season on The Bachelor. The bottom line is this. Here, here is the reality, folks. The Bachelor has run its course. And it's run its course to the point where they're trying to get involved in good old-fashioned race politics. They, you know, they think having a black bachelor is like the most controversial thing in the world. They try to build as much racial tension in that house as they possibly could have in the last season. The whole Chris Harrison fiasco. I talked about the thing with Rachel and her, and her social media posts. It would have taken a skilled investigator about 10 minutes to find her social media posts. You don't think they did the same kind of due diligence with Matt, the bachelor? You don't think they went and checked his background and made sure that he wasn't a guy that was going to get them in trouble? 
Well, why would they not have done that with the girls? There's no possible way they didn't know about that. The whole thing, to me, was staged. I'm not saying Colton being gay is staged, but I'm saying that show has basically lost so much credibility. Whatever credit, Not that it really had much to begin with, but they have lost so much credibility in that franchise that I question whether or not this is actually real. That's how bad that show has gotten. They want to do a gay season? Go ahead. I personally don't think it's going to save them. I think the whole Chris Harrison fiasco, the whole Rachel stunt, I think all of that was basically a desperation heave where they're just trying to get more attention. They're just trying to do anything to get some buzz. And I, I, just, I just think it's run its course. I just think you have a show where, where the success rate is so low in terms of these couples even staying together that the whole thing is sort of worn thin. You know, not to mention your original fans hopefully have gotten to a level of maturity where like maybe I started watching the show when I was 24, but now I'm 35 and I should grow the fuck up and realize this is garbage and I shouldn't be feeding on it. Maybe that's, you know, kind of part of this too. I don't know. Not sure what they're going to do there. Not sure I buy the story. But I think just the idea that you had an entire season of women going crazy, fawning over this guy, basically, you know, ripping, ripping at each other, just tearing, the, tearing each other down, climbing on top of each other to try to get a shot at this guy. And they had no chance. I think that's absolutely perfect. Go back to a conversation we had just a few minutes ago. Would you really want your kid on The Bachelor or The Bachelorette on any end of that? Like, who was the girl from a couple, a couple seasons ago? Hannah, right? The girl, Hannah Brown from Alabama. Exactly. Now, if you asked her father and you hooked him up to a lie detector, you think he'd be proud of the way his daughter behaved on national TV, no less? Just passing herself back and forth, being over here in the windmill. Now I'm over here with this guy. Now I'm in bed with this guy. You think he really enjoyed watching that process? And he's going to get up on TV and put a, put a straight face on and tell, you know, talk about how much he's concerned for her, only to have her end up with some guy who had a girlfriend the whole time anyway? I mean, the whole thing is absolutely terrible. I, I'm sorry. It's a show for lowlifes. I've actually made the analogy before, you know, about how The Bachelor is kind of like Tinder, you know, with some of these goofy dating apps where basically you can just be a terrible person and there's someone else right there to be just as terrible with you. Just It's just how it is. But that's where we are in 2021. Um, really good stuff. Um, NFL draft real quick. I find some of this draft talk to be tedious. We know Trevor Lawrence is going to Jacksonville. Looks like the kid from BYU is going to the Jets. It also appears the Niners are now going to take Justin Fields. A couple people try to make a big deal about defending Justin Fields because there was talk about his work ethic. We know where they're going with that. This is ESPN and, and the goofballs there trying to make everything about race. You know, Justin Fields was one of the guys who really wanted to play college football last year and deserves a lot of credit for it. There was talk about him not spending a lot of time around the facility and not putting a lot of time in. This could be as simple as a misunderstanding where Justin Fields is smart enough to know, hey, if I catch COVID, my team is screwed. This could be a kind of thing where maybe he wasn't spending a lot of time around the facility because he didn't want to get sick. And he wanted to limit his interaction with teammates and people that could possibly contaminate him and vice versa. So sometimes some of these rumors pre-draft, it goes back all the way to like Dan Marino. They talked about what a party boy he was at Pitt. He liked to, you know, he was doing some things that you wouldn't necessarily want a, an NFL prospect to be doing. It worked out pretty well for the Dolphins because he fell with him and he had a pretty good run with them. Now, they didn't win Super Bowls, but I wouldn't say that was Dan Marino's fault. Not, not even a little bit. Guy was a great quarterback. The, the pre-draft stuff is very, very tedious. Not to mention, if you look at the numbers, if you look at some of the breakdowns of how these top three, top two, number one draft pick quarterbacks have actually done, how many times they've made all pro teams, how many times they've won Super Bowls, I believe the only two guys in the last couple decades to get drafted number one at quarterback to win Super Bowls, I'm pretty sure the only two are the Manning brothers. I think Peyton and Eli are the only two guys to actually end up being Super Bowl champions. So just take that with a grain of salt. You know, there's a lot of, I could go, you know, on and on and on. I mean, Russell Wilson, nobody was talking about Russell Wilson being a number one draft pick. And look how he turned out. Turned out pretty good if you ask me. 
You know what I mean? So so some of this some of this obsession with the draft and everybody knowing what their team needs, you really don't know how a lot of these guys are going to turn out. You know, obviously there's there's issues with guys' character. You got to make sure that they you know don't turn don't turn into an Alden Smith who was an exception to any rule. By the way, as far as Alden Smith goes, innocent until proven guilty. But if he got into a fight at a cafe in Louisiana, how much more does he need to do to get himself out of the league? Because there are so many good kids out there who will not put put teams in this situation. What do you need Alden Smith for? I know he's talented, but he's like 31, and it's nothing but trouble with him. The guy just doesn't seem to learn. And like I say, there are so many good kids out there who will never think of putting themselves in this situation once. It's ridiculous. It goes back to what I've been saying, kind of a theme of this show. The situations you put yourself in, the situations you allow yourself to get dragged into. Maybe it's not a big deal. You have a, you have a little altercation or a little you know, disagreement with somebody, but it ends up in a fist fight. Not a bar. It's a cafe. Will you guys even drink? I mean, it's during the daytime. Come on, guys. I mean, it's, it's always something with Walton Smith. And when you have the NFL draft, you have to worry now, especially, especially with the NFL's policy on you know, player conduct, whatever they're calling it, you got to worry about how these guys are going to behave, what kind of citizens they're going to be, what kind of teammates they're going to be. It's a lot of unknowns. You can only get so much information before the draft. But just because somebody said that there might be a work ethic you know, issue with, with Justin Fields, all of a sudden you're going to say that there's some kind of racist thing there? No, no there's, there's nothing racist about it. If there's a work ethic problem, there's a work ethic problem. I personally don't think it's true. I personally think it's just a bunch of nonsense, and it's tough to judge guys in their quote-unquote work ethic in the age of COVID because basically they're being encouraged to get the fuck home. And you don't know what he's doing at home. You don't know how much film he's watching there. You don't know how much good working out he's doing in his own apartment. You have no idea. So a lot of it to me is just overblown. It, it, it's hype. And again, being a, a top draft pick, a, a top two, a top three draft pick as a quarterback means nothing. It means absolutely, I could, I could go on and on. I could give you a guy from every single position. Tony Mandarich. Tony Mandarich was this can't-miss NFL lineman prospect. Ended up being a total bust. I think he came out of, of Michigan State. The guy was an absolute monster, a, a, just a behemoth. Ended up sucking. Look at Will Hernandez, the, the, the lineman the Giants got out of UTEP a couple years ago. Maybe he was a little bit of a behavior problem. That's why he ended up at UTEP. You kind of got that impression. The guy's massive. He's a beast, just beating the shit out of guys in college. And as a pro, he's been very, very average at best so far. Some might say he's been bad. You just don't quite know what's going to happen until a guy gets there, especially for a quarterback, because you don't know how he's going to read the field. I mean, do I think the kid from BYU, Wilson, is, is going to be a good pro? I don't know. I think he's very talented. But I don't know how, you know, those defense that he faced in college, how that's going to translate in his ability to read an NFL defense. Or to make that throw the split second you have to, okay, which is the difference a lot of times between a pick six and a big gain. That's just how it is in the NFL. And it's very tough to figure out how guys are going to progress at that level. And speaking of the Jets, I think Sam Darnold, I think this is the greatest thing that ever happened to him. I think getting traded to a different organization, and I think Joe Brady is still over at, at Carolina, right? So Joe Brady's at Carolina. That's the guy that developed Joe Burrow into a pretty good quarterback at LSU. The, the biggest winner right here in the Jets draft is Sam Darnold, bottom line. But, but just big picture-wise... I don't get carried away with the NFL draft. I just don't. You know, there's certain needs you have to address. Some teams are really good at the draft. Like the Pittsburgh Steelers are excellent at the draft. You don't see them having to go out and sign free agents to fill their needs. They fill their needs through the draft. They do a lot of due diligence. Well, listen, they only get, I mean, unless there's a trade here and there, they only get one first-round draft pick. What does that tell you? It tells you the Steelers are building their roster with rounds two through seven. And some teams are just better at it than others. And that, that a, lot of, a lot of times, you know, your team might be one of the teams that's not so good at it. And that's why you're always looking for free agents. And that's why you get so excited for the draft. But if you constantly find yourself as a fan of a certain team, you're always picking in the top 10. What does that tell you about how good your team is with the draft to begin with? That should tell you something. 
And that is all the time we got this week on The Air Attack. Thanks for joining us. Make sure you check out Facebook.com slash The Air Attack. Also, follow me on Twitter and on SoundCloud at BCAKTheMan. Follow the show on Twitter at Air Attack Radio. And remember, The Air Attack with BC the Man can be heard on Apple Podcasts, on Spotify, and the Anchor app. Subscribe and share today. Close it out tonight with Lace. Here's So Fly. I am BC the Man. I will see you guys next week on The Air Attack. Just the type of shit that's gon' sell Game change, game strange I don't wanna be near I'm up and out of here In a different atmosphere I'm so high, I'm so fly You know why How I vibe, ain't no lie Ain't no lie 305 is what made me Hustling is what pays me On the daily, getting latest You know why I'm so fly, so fly, so fly I'm fresh Girls, plus the checks, what's next? I'm so fly, alright. I'm so fly, alright. I'm so fly. You know why? I'm so fly, so fly, so fly. I'm fresh. Getting cash, I got the girls, plus the checks, what's next? I'm so fly, alright. I'm so fly, alright. I'm so fly. You, you know why? You know why I'm so fly. Every day stay so high when I just look in the sky and know I chase my dreams, chase the green. Hit the scene, so fresh and clean, so fresh and clean, yeah. Hustle leverage is what I do. Low key is how I move. If you can't move, how I move, then you can't do how I do. It's simple, nigga. Multiply mathematics. Gotta get it, gotta have it. It's a habit. I'm a savage. I'm a grinder. I'm a thinker. I'm a motivator, little hustler. She wanna spend the night with me, but no, I can't trust her. With the Gucci on my feet, Versace on my face. When I walk up in the place, they say, there he go, that's lace. Cause I'm so fly, so fly, so fly. I'm fresh. Getting cash, I got the girls. Plus the checks, what's next? I'm so fly, alright. I'm so fly, alright. I'm so fly. So fly, I'm fresh. Getting cash, I got the girls. Plus the checks, what's next? I'm so fly, alright. I'm so fly, alright. I'm so fly.